This podcast is intended for adults and might include adult language, themes, and sex education. If you're under the age of 18, we recommend visiting scarleteen.com. Who played show and tell? It was fun and exciting to tell our friends and classmates about what we were proud of, what we had learned, what our favorite new toy was. And somewhere along the way, we learned that we are not supposed to show or tell our stories and experiences about sex and our bodies. Show and Tell Sex is a podcast produced by Self Serve Toys in collaboration with KUNM, a public radio station in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Self Serve Toys is a feminist sex shop in Albuquerque, New Mexico, specializing in body safe, non toxic toys with a health and education focus. Find us online at selfservetoys.com. On Show and Tell Sex, we'll show you the parts that so often get left unsaid. We'll show you the parts that we've silenced. We will tell our secrets. We will be brave together. And we'll have some fun, because Show and Tell was always fun. Today, our topic is masturbation. We'll go deep with some of the leaders in the field of sex education, and I'll share a review of a toy that changed my life. But first, this from Heather Elizabeth, who left a message on our listener line. This is Heather Elizabeth. I am so excited you're doing this topic, and I had to call in and share. So I have a little story for you. About seven years ago, I decided after a series of really bad relationship choices that I just needed to not date anyone for a while. But I really got scared about what that would mean for my sex life. So I was like, okay, self, this is the time. You're, like, going to up your masturbation game. You're really going to take care of yourself as a lover. If you're going to be in this monogamous relationship with yourself, like, time to invest in you. So I went out and I bought a dildo that was glow-in-the-dark, first of all, which is super cool. And then number two, it had a suction base on the end. So I could stick it to a wall and then I could fuck myself with it. And that thing literally changed my life. I fucked myself so well. I actually fell over after my last orgasm. And I was like, oh, my God, like I am my new favorite lover. This is the best sex I have had, partnered or unpartnered, in at least a year, at least a year. And so that opened up, like, all this potential for really good sex that I didn't have to have with any other people because I could be having really good, really satisfying sex with myself. And I think that is the thing that allowed me to, you know, focus in on myself and to not rush out into relationships that weren't a good fit for me because I was so desperate to have good sex. So since then, even now that I'm in an open relationship with myself, and even now that I've actually have started dating and sleeping with other people again, I still make a point of really having a, a great masturbation life for myself so that I can enjoy it. And so, so now that looks like, what does that look like now? Um, sometimes I plan a date night for myself where I'll do like a little wax play. So I'll drip candles on myself and, and make that kind of like part of my masturbation. Or I'll engage in bondage or blindfolding, sensation play, tying, all kinds of things to make my masturbation just not a like quick thing that I'm rubbing one out because I don't have any better options. I am making this the best option for myself. And if I had any tips for anyone around masturbation, it would be that. Think about how you can make masturbation really fun and really good for you instead of a stopgap or instead of like secondary sex and really kind of elevate your own position as your own lover. Have a great show. Hey, listeners, thank you so much for checking in to our very first episode of the Show and Tell Sex Show. I am Mady. I'm your host, and I am here 
at the KUNM studios with a guest here physically, and we're going like mid Southwest coastal. We've got a call in. We've got two guests calling in, and basically we have right now a conversation building with some of my favorite people who work in sex education. This month's theme is masturbation, and we're just going to chat with a few folks about masturbation and learn together about what we do in sex education and um, also with the folks who, like, build the sex toys for all of us. So I'm so excited. Um, I am here with... Becky Jones, she's a Planned Parenthood sexual health educator, Jerome Stewart Nichols, the proprietors of The Butters, and Dr. Carol Queen, PhD and staff sexologist of Good Vibrations. Hi, everybody. Hi, Mady. Hello. Good morning. I'm so excited. This is like the hottest foursome I've been in in weeks, you guys. Um, (laughs) Could you? I know you're all new to each other and I feel like I feel like I'm at a dinner party and I've got like like I'm on like the coolest blind date ever and I'm like you guys you're so cool you should all be friends um so (laughs) could you could you take a minute and just um introduce yourselves to each other um maybe Becky go first Uh, yeah Yeah, (laughs) since you're here you know hi everyone my name is Becky Jones um I live here in Albuquerque I'm Dine and my pronouns are she her and hers um, I've been a sexual health educator. It'll be two years in August at Planned Parenthood, um, and I love my job. Cool. All right. Well, I will go next. Is that okay? Yes. I'm Carol Queen, and I've been working at Good Vibrations since 1990, back when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Uh, I came to San Francisco to get my degree in sexology, which I ultimately did. For a while, I was a sex school dropout, but I went back and (laughs) finished up. I'm also the founder of the Center for Sex and Culture in San Francisco, and I write books and give talks and run around and just basically try to make people's understanding of sexuality more diverse, complex, big picture, and fabulous. And I'm Jerome Nichols. Uh, I run the Butters, which is a hygienics company. Uh, I make the Butters Lube, which is my most popular product. Um, But I also run LTASX.com, which is a sex website where I try to help people have a better life and a better sex life and live healthier in sort of like a holistic way rather than just simply health. That's so cool, you guys. I'm in like the best party. Um, So this month, I I brought y'all together to talk about masturbation. Um, And I'm so excited to do that as our very first episode. Um, I feel like it's like a good place to start when talking about sexuality. And you all sort of do it in different ways. Um, And so I was wondering, like, like, what do you know about masturbation? And I know that with each of you, we could talk about that for probably two and a half hours. (laughs) But but what do you know to be true or what do you know for yourself? Um, And I was just hoping we could just, you know, spitball that around for a little bit. I know that I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I know that it's healthy. Uh, This is Jerome speaking. Mm -hmm. I know that um, it's something that we should take more pride in. Uh, And it's something that I take a lot of pride in being an actual, you know, huge part of my own sexuality. Uh, Instead of it just being like, you know, a throwaway, uh, a a fallback when nothing else matters. Yeah, a lot of people do that, don't they? They they sort of 
they masturbate like like it's like something I have to do because to get through the day or because I'm exhausted. I think that we at self serve we have a lot of like masturbation shame around like it like it's just something that that gets done you know rather than something that people have pride about. I love that Jerome that you're you're talking about like owning it you know. I mean, in my YouTube videos, I'm screaming about how much I love masturbation. So I, I, I figure that should be like an important part of the thing I'm always telling people. <laughs> <laughs> so what I also heard Jerome saying or implying was that um, it's not second best. And that, I think, is another thing that I know about masturbation. So many people think of it as, oh, when I don't have, you know, real sex in my life, masturbation is real sex. And it is hopefully sex with someone you love, as someone once said. And it's important to not let people feel shame, not just about the act, but about, gosh, I don't have a partner. There must be something wrong with me. Masturbation is fundamental, ground level, the most basic way that you, your body, and your psyche interact with sexuality and eroticism. And... It's so important to honor it as such, not tolerate it, honor it. I also know that people, especially people who identify as women, who don't masturbate may find that they have more sexual dysfunction than those who do, particularly because it's harder for them to really get a handle, oh, literally or figuratively, <laughs> on uh, what arouses them, including the very specific stuff, like what side of your clit, what part of your your penis would you grab, what, you know, just the, the way your body itself operates. And then the part that I think is also so important about this is the way arousal feels to you. If you don't fully understand high arousal states, the likelihood that you'll be orgasmic in partner sex is much lower. So masturbation can get you there. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. I love that. I get a lot of folks who come into the store and particularly like people with penises who want like a pill or a cream or they want something so that they'll last longer. And I know that practice doesn't make perfect, that practice <laughs> makes permanent. And I know that a lot of people sort of masturbate in the ways that they do not want to play at the big game, you know? <laughs> and so, and so, you know, people will come in with all these problems that, that are really not problems. They're actually like concrete muscle memory responses to the conditioning that they've had. You know, so if yeah. they have a lot of shame about jerking off, they will they will go for like two minutes in the shower every morning, feel great, you know, go to work and be like, oh, good, good day. And then they'll have sex with a partner and be like, oh, no, this has never happened before. I lasted two minutes. And I'm like, dude, that lasted that that happened every morning for the last five years, you know. Um, and so I know that masturbation is also not just, you know, it's a it's it's a concrete relationship with ourselves and I, I named you know we name self-serve self-serve for a reason like I believe our primary sexual relationship is with ourselves um, but it's also it is you know how we develop the skills that we connect with our partners with and that a lot of people do not develop the skills in the direction they want to go you know um, so, so that's something I know is that masturbation is also prep 
and that if you pre- that if you fail to prepare, you know, you prepare to fail, you know, and that a lot of people who are having challenges with their sex lives, it's really like because they're having challenges with their relationship with masturbation. Um, <laughs> sorry. that's really good. Uh, well, uh, what is? Oh no, is that okay? Yeah, you're okay. Great. What is uh, masturbation? Is a common question that we get with our youth when I go into schools, you know, middle schools and high schools, and so we talk about, you know, it's you know when you get turned on or you get aroused, it's pleasuring yourself, and you know, when they're young and they still live with parents or caretakers, they're placed, they get placed with values. So we try to take it in a more um, like medically accurate information to be like, you know, it's healthy, it's fine, it's normal. And it's also normal if you don't want to masturbate as well. It's totally up to you and it is your choice and your body. Um, but we do explain that masturbation does help with, um, you know, finding out what pleases you, what pleasures you. And um, yeah. Oh, and I think that's a great segue into our next question, um, which is which is what what do you teach about masturbation? I think everyone who we're talking to are sexuality educators in some way, and I think we all do it a little bit differently. Um, but we all teach about masturbation. So, so what do you teach about it? Um, well, if we're doing like a, a presentation on STIs, we'll talk about solar masturbation, how that's a risk reduction and prevents people from getting STIs or getting pregnant. Um, but we also have to talk about mutual masturbation as well. Uh, we, we also talk about, um, you know, masturbation can help people figure out what kind of condoms they like or if they want to masturbate with condoms. And it can also help them practice, especially if they're young and haven't had sex before, to practice using that condom and masturbate with it and to see how it feels, what they like, what they don't like. And same thing with, like, um, you know, practicing with lube on maybe their vagina or the vulva, vagina, clitoris, seeing what they like. Cool. Anybody else? What do you teach about masturbation? I teach that there are lots of ways to masturbate. There's no one total definition of it, that um, my definition of masturbation is autoerotic experience, so that that can look a lot of different ways to different people. Um, There certainly are people who think that it isn't really masturbation if you don't um, insert something into an orifice. I don't believe that in the least. I think that's optional and delightful if people like it, but not the main way uh, that people may want to masturbate. It's interesting um, at Good Vibrations, maybe in in your story, you may have seen the same thing happen, that Mm -hmm. people will hear about like the magic wand vibrator, which is distinctive looking and large and has a large (laughs) head on it. And they'll come in and ask for it by name, but they won't have seen a picture of it. And their eyes get all big like saucers because they're trying to imagine how that goes. And I say, no, 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 (laughs) no, no, external stimulation and explaining the clitoris and its role and explaining or whatever, whatever people have and whatever people call it. Um, Sometimes there will be um, male identified people or, or cis men in particular who are like, Oh, vibes are for women, so I'll talk about that. But when I'm teaching about masturbation, sex toys are an option, but they're not the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And the the way to do it is the way that optimally pleases you and doesn't cause any harm. So if you need some lube with that, you better get some lube with that. <laughs> and so there's lots of little 
specific elements of sexuality that you can talk about and teach about with masturbation that then are completely relevant to every other kind of sex as well. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I think is most relevant to masturbation alone is you are here not having to share your attention with anybody else. You get to really experience your own eroticism. What does that feel like? Yeah, and for a lot of people, that can be really challenging because we, we're sort of raised to be very performative around our sexuality. So the the right. concept of like, well, what do you like is totally foreign to people, you know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah people, people used to ask me that when, you know, I was out being relatively casually sexual when I was in college and stuff. What do you like? And, you know such nice guys to ask, bless their hearts, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't know what to answer them. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And I think in that moment, you know, and I've been I've been with women like that. I've been women like that, you know, and it's it a lot of it has to do with like how we're raised around masturbation, like to not, you know, to save ourselves, to be pure, to, you know, that nice girls don't do that or, you know, that you'll, you know, I, I teach at a, at a homeless shelter and that the things that they will often, the youth will say are like things like, well, won't that make you get stretched out? You know, yeah. like those things are still being taught like that. Yeah, they are. They, or they're still virgins if they... Never, you know, inserted fingers or anything inside their vagina. Yeah, yeah, but but maybe some anal sex is okay because you know, <laughs> you know that or, or. that that, that backdoor that backdoor isn't for Jesus. You know, it's 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 that there's there's frequently you know just a lot of myths that people are 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 bringing to the table. So so even just that that question of what do you like, you know, is yeah. is is really a lifelong process. Like, I'm still figuring it out. I'm 38 years old. I'm a sexuality educator. I'm still figuring out the answer to that question. Um, yeah. My favorite question, uh, like, my secret, like, sex sex tip to, like, you know, blow pe somebody's mind is, um, is just, like, what would feel good right now, you know? Because it's, like, mm -hmm. super open-ended. There's no wrong answer. Like, like, you know, and what would feel good right now might be like, I need a break or I'm kind of triggered. I need a sandwich. I need to cry. Like, it doesn't even matter, you know, what the answer or like a little to the left and higher would feel better. Thank you. You know, mm -hmm. um, but that or even when you're by yourself, just asking yourself what would feel good right now is is simple. It gets it gets you just to the next place, you know. It really does. Well, and honestly, for me, that, that gets to one of the things I've been teaching a lot about lately, mm -hmm. which is meditation through masturbation, mm -hmm. um, sort of focusing on your breath, focusing on the touch, how it feels to your genitals and to your hands, really sort of experiencing all the pleasure that comes with masturbation. Um, I, I know you mentioned, you know, sometimes people will just do it for a quick two minutes, but honestly, sometimes a quick two minutes is great, mm -hmm. as long as you're really being mindful about what it is that you're doing. A lot of times, masturbation is this quick, really tense, fraught thing, especially uh, with guys. And it can be something else, something that's very relaxing and peaceful. And that at the end of it, you may be a little sleepy, but it may be like a yoga sleepy because mm -hmm. you've, you know, released the tension and you're just sort of sitting there uh, in the afterglow and it hasn't completely drained all your energy, but instead might fill you with energy to get up and keep doing things for your day. It's really nice. I love that. I love that. And and also, Carol, you mentioned lube. And I think that a lot of people still don't know about lube. They just like they don't think they need it or they have pride about not needing it. You know? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't need that. And I feel like that's saying like, I don't need electricity. And I'm like, good for you. I like it. You know, um, 
it enhances my life tremendously. Um, but I didn't start using lube really till I started working at a sex store, and that like changed my life. And I know Jerome, you've developed a new lube that is like blowing my mind. It's blowing a lot of people's mind. It's like a self serve staff pick. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like? why you started making lube and how people can use it during masturbation? Sure. I mean, for me, lube has been a part of my sexuality since I was very young. Um, penises don't lubricate themselves, so there has to be some sort of lubrication. Otherwise, you're kind of just like friction, 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 pain. Um, so it's always been something that I really enjoyed. As I got older and started having partner sex, I needed something better than like Vaseline and something less expensive and also natural that didn't, you know, mess with things. So I started playing around and came up with um, an oil-based lube uh, called The Butters. I sell it uh, at getthebutters.com. And for me, it has, lube has allowed me to, mm, I would say, become more tactile. Um, it, uh, it allows you to connect uh, and feeling a bit more, just like the actual sensations of your fingertips doing things. Um, and that, is, that doesn't have to be just uh, during, you know, penis or uh, penis and vulva masturbation. It could be through uh, physical touch, nipple play. It could be through uh, rubbing it on people's bodies because lube of any sort is not only just going to make things more comfortable, but it's also just going to add a bit more glide and a bit more playfulness and actually add, again, a bit more purpose to what you're doing. Yeah, and it makes it last longer. It makes it feel better. It's, uh, I, like, I like to say it's like whipped cream on a hot fudge sundae. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to Absolutely. need it, but it might, it might make everything a little bit more sweet, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and then specifically with the butters, it, it melts and turns into like it's very slick very moisturizing cream which is it's it's very 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 nice for um sex because it feels like natural lubrication which is something that is you know a bit thicker than the you know you know your average water-based lubes it's also warmer it's also you know a bit more human mm-hmm. it's not condom compatible you know, which, mm-hmm. but but I feel like a lot of people are using alternative methods, and I think in terms of sexuality education, for a long time, I mean, the, your oil-based lube is the first one, or the <coughs> second one. We have another organic that we carry, but we took about ten years to start carrying an oil-based lube. But so many people these days are using coconut oil; they're using oil-based mm-hmm. lubes, and we wanted to have just an option, and and also it just became a staff pick. Like a lot of people on staff are using it, and I actually use it for like healing other things on my body, like I have. Mm-hmm. Like uh, eyelids that get dry, and the butters are really amazing for that. Like, like it's kind of cool to have a lube that is also good for the rest of your body, you know. Um, so it's amazing. Just love it, and just want to want to share that, you know, excitement with the world around your lube because it's um, it's. And re- it's just worth telling the people who are listening too that um, if they like oil based lubes, but they're scared of using condoms with them. There are polyplastic condoms. I think a lot of people still don't know that, that are safe to use with those kinds of, of lubricants. Yes, so if especially the internal use, condoms. If somebody wants to use a lube that way, there are condoms that are safe, just not latex condoms. So, Jerome Stuart Nichols, would you say that your, like the, the internal condom, like the FC2, mm-hmm. is good to go with, with an oil-based? Okay. I love First of all, I love the internal condoms way more than the condoms that go on top of the penis. They are so comfortable. They warm up really well, and it almost yeah. feels like there's literally nothing there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, yeah they I, transmit I don't think temperature. people appreciate the internal condom enough. <laughs> well, they, they also went through a redesign, and I think that a lot of people don't know that, too. They, like, tried the the FC1, you know, the, the okay. reality condom, um, and that one was made of a different material. It had, like, a seam on the edge. Um, it, it really – I heard a review that it sounded like having sex with a trash bag, you know. So, Blow up, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, like, cool, you know, get it, but, but it's had a total redesign. It's a totally different material. It's amazing, um, but a lot of people tried it – you know, 10, 15 years ago, and, and they'll say, oh, I tried that and I hated it. And it's it's like there's innovation in the sex industry. We change things, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, if you haven't tried the internal condom, uh, try it again because it's like a whole new world. Um, I also uh, – I know a lot of people like it because, because it's not dep- – it's totally normal for erections to come and go, you know, during mm-hmm. during insertive intercourse, right? Like if you're having P to V sex, sometimes things happen and erections leave the building. And that's there, – there's like enough pressure on people with penises to keep their boners, you know, um, and that, that it's totally normal, especially if you're having like a good long adventure, you know, for erections to leave the building. And um, with the FC2 – you're not your condom isn't reliant upon that and i i've heard from a lot of people they can have like much more connected sex rather than it just being like okay condoms on i have we have to go 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 and keep my erection until we're done and that that's a model that doesn't actually work for everybody all of the time you know so so that's pretty cool too absolutely and you can also end up using less condoms if you you know if something happens mm-hmm. uh, and you do lose your erection and it falls off you got to get another one if it touches something you got to get another one but the fc2 stays inside it mm-hmm. stays protected it stays safe and everything's hygienic i used to have a have a coworker too who really liked it because you can put it in like well in advance so she'd mm-hmm. go out to the bar and be like i'm wearing a condom i'm good to go <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen tonight but i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm ready, ready to, i'm ready to party you know um, so, so everybody, what, um, what's, one, what's one thing that you used to think was true about masturbation, uh, but you've changed your mind about? That all of my dead relatives were watching me. This is Becky Jones yeah. right here. <laughs> and you, you changed your mind. They're not there anymore They're in the not bed. there. <laughs> but that was something in my youth that I worried about. So I was like ashamed afterwards. Mm-hmm. But not anymore, yeah. For me, it was that you can't masturbate if you have if you have a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've been in a relationship now for about three years, and that was something I thought I was going to have to stop. I'm not exactly sure why. It was just in my head from, you know, cultural osmosis, I guess. But that definitely has not been the case. And, in fact, uh, mutual masturbation has been a big part of that. Um, and it's helped a lot to keep that going. And and just in case, because I, I feel like mutual masturbation is something people talk about. But if you Google it, you get like porn, t- porn tube, you know, um, or you get my YouTube video or you get. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone uh, Google mutual masturbation, drums through nickels. Um, but but what how what would you define? What is mutual masturbation? Well, it depends. You could be two people in a room together. You could be uh, two people right next to each other. You could be two people touching each other while masturbating yourselves. You could be masturbating each other. It's it's all different types of configurations, and it really just depends on what wants to be touched in that moment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people do things that are mutual masturbation or would be, you know, fall under mutual masturbation, but don't really think of it that way. Um, 
if if some per if some person is you know sticking a finger somewhere where somebody is you know licking something else, it's essentially <laughs> masturbation to each other. Um, we call it foreplay, but it's also you know doing that solo stuff to each other. Yeah, it's it's a tough line too because people are like, "Well, what is sex?" and I'm like, "Whatever you want it to be." Mm-hmm. You know, what do you mm-hmm. call it? Sex. I think that sometimes we get into into arguing about semantics about other people's sex lives. You know, like <laughs> did they have sex? Did they not have sex? Well, well, what, you know, and often it boils down to was there pe- penetration involved? You know, and that that's for me a very limiting, you know. Uh, yeah, definition, yeah. you know, <laughs> and so there's a great essay by Greta Christina called "Are We Having Sex Now or What?" that goes into this at such a depth, and it's really, really mind bending. I would encourage people to dig around and find that essay if they can, especially if they ever find themselves saying it's like they didn't really have sex. Well, pfft. yeah, yeah, that's policing of everyone's sex lives. I'm like, it's up to you. Um, Carol, I did not have sex with that woman. She thinks she had sex with you. <laughs> Actually, I feel like that is a really good, um, you know, we're, we're celebrating May. It's Masturbation Month. And and I think it really goes back to that quote, Carol, right? Like that moment in time. Can you tell us a little bit about Masturbation Month? Because we're, we're you were involved with. I was involved. I was in the room. All right. When Our... Masturbation Month was born. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. So, so come back with me, everybody, to the Clinton administration, um, and it was before the thing I, that I just subtly referenced a minute ago. Before um, all of that stuff happened, there was a fabulous woman who was hired as the Surgeon General of the United States, uh, Joycelyn Elders, the first African American Surgeon General uh, woman. And uh, doctor, right? Doctor, Mm -hmm. Joycelyn Elders. And she said one little sensible thing about masturbation being inclusive, uh, included in sex education curricula for youth. She didn't say, let's teach the youth to masturbate in school. She just she she implied that it would be a good idea to include discussion of it in sex education. Mm -hmm. And uh, the right wing went wild and uh, Bill Clinton fired her because of the controversy and at good, this is in, in um, late 1994 at the very end of the year and, and at Good Vibrations we were horrified by this and we were like we're all about making people feel more comfortable about masturbation she said the most sensible thing a politician has ever said about it and now she's out this cannot stand we've got to do something so we sat around and brainstormed ways to try to, to to throw the conversation open further, and National Masturbation Month was the result. And we just announced that it was National Masturbation Month <laughs> in May 1995 was the first one. And we said, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to include masturbation as part of the discussion. We're going to make a... Um, a contest, and everybody can tell us their very favorite masturbation euphemisms. Uh, my two favorite ones were firing the Surgeon General and <laughs> tossing the pink salad. Isn't that a good euphemism? I love it. I it's like so it. Creative. Oh, yeah, that could also and, be for the rosebud, too. Yes, yes, yes. It could. It certainly could. And uh, And sometimes it's more maroon than pink, of course. We know <laughs> this. Um, and that was the that was the beginning, and we kept adding different 
factors. We added the Masturbation Hall of Fame uh, in a subsequent year. Subsequent year, we added the Masturbatathon, which is like a walkathon. Only probably you're going to do it at home, not in the park, and uh, your feet aren't going to hurt at the end unless you masturbate in a very unusual way. <laughs> in which case, I hope that people will tell me about it because I'm collecting different unusual ways that people masturbate. So obviously, we've had a great deal of fun with National Masturbation Month. It is not an overly serious holiday. But on the other hand, it is very serious in that so much dysfunction and shame and sorrow is an after effect of people being told that it's sinful or awful or wrong or second best to masturbate and that they should feel ashamed of themselves. It's like the whole culture is bullied about masturbation by each other, and it's not okay. So that's why National Masturbation Month or International Masturbation Month now, because, you know, the whole world is is, uh, is part of this discussion. That's why it's such an important thing. Mm-hmm. And we celebrate it. Self-serve, feminist sex shops across the country and internationally celebrate Masturbation Month. Yeah. And and I, I, just, I just love that y'all did that because it, it really, stores like mine would not exist were not for the trailblazing that, that y'all have done. And, you know... And I'm so honored to be part of history in this way. You know, any of us can, any of us can work up some some ways to add to the discussion. I firmly believe that. And you know, the next the next thing that happens that will really bring attention to this may not come from us, or maybe not even from you. It'll come from some little you know college sex educator somewhere who's like, I have an idea. Let's make a meme. And the next thing you know. We'll be talking in a new way about this, and more people will be talking. So people should always trust that they have a chance to make the conversation get even bigger. I was going to say you should do like a 30-day challenge on Instagram for (laughs) Masturbation (laughs) Month. All right. All right. It's the second. Maybe self-serve will be starting that a little bit later today. Um, Carol, um, what's one thing you used to think was true about masturbation but have changed your mind about? Well, I've been trying to think about this. Um, I think at the very beginning of my my understanding of masturbation, I think there may have been um, sort of this idea that I was supposed to do penetration or else it didn't really count. But the thing that really, more than anything, um, I've changed my understanding about is that I used to think that I could only come during masturbation mm. and that that was just the only way that I could come. And sorry, everybody else. You know, I, I like you. We can play, but that's not going to happen. And the, the thing that I said at the very beginning about the way that it brings you in touch with your arousal, um, it it does, and it helps you know what might work in other contexts if you listen to that message. So I don't I don't want to talk about masturbation simply being important to be a gateway to partner sex and better partner sex. Mm-hmm. But the fact remains that it is that as well as solo pleasuring, self-comfort, a way to value yourself, a way to value your own eroticism, um, a way to have pleasure when nobody else is around to give it to you. And, of course, not everybody experiences that partner sex is about other people giving them pleasure either. Mm-hmm. be nice if that was, you know, if it was all sweet and nice like that, but it isn't always. So the fact that we have masturbation as a, as a basic 
I'm going to retreat there and heal myself from all the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. I just think masturbation is super valuable for that use. And, and what Jerome said about, about meditation, that's, mm-hmm. that's sort of a variant of it, I think. Mm-hmm. I think for me, my confession that I used to think um, was I think I got a little gender essentialist about it, you know, and and, uh, it, yeah. and I think within within sexuality education, there's been a big pushback against that in the last few years. And I am deeply thankful for that. Um, and that, you know, doing doing this work every day and hearing similar stories from a lot of people, it's really easy to accidentally start projecting those stories on other people, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that the stories that people feel safest to share with us are sometimes the stories that, that our culture tells us, you know, and so and so constantly and consistently trying to make room for there to be other stories and sort of opening the door for people rather than than you know, somebody coming in and me being like, well, you probably need a vibrator because I perceive that you might have a vulva, you know, and I'm just trying to like to like take a big step back from that sort of sort of uh, expectation. Um, and then and then I think like, you know, I'm queer and it's really easy for me to see a lot of diversity in the experiences of people with vulvas. And then I can because people with penises sometimes are not as open with me about their stories. I have had to work to be to open more doors for them before before they feel safe, you know. Um, so that's my confession. And, and like as a sexuality educator, I think like working through that is something that that I want to do better at. Um, and I look at like old YouTube videos from the store from like 10 years ago. And I am definitely like men are like this and women are like this. And I never, ever use that language anymore. Um, uh-huh. So so I used to think that things like that were true. And now I really don't believe that. I'm like, we all have like vastly different experiences in our own bodies, like 50 or 75 times in our lives. You know, so even what was true for us five years ago or even five minutes ago is often not true, you know, 20 minutes from now. And so just having more flexibility and around people's experiences of their masturbation and like in and having more compassion for that instead of like, hi, I see you and I have a feeling I know what you're here for, you know? <laughs> right. And and to add to that, I mean, for people to think about, if you think there's only one or two ways for for experience to be expressed, mm-hmm. but the, those one or two ways don't work for you, then that just feels so hopeless for so many people, right? They feel like they're broken. They feel like there's something wrong with them. They They don't get that they just haven't been given like a menu uh, to choose from, to, to, to even be given the permission to be creative and to listen to their own body and their own desires. And that's a super important thing that we can do for people is just really encourage them to, you know, listen to themselves. A lot of us don't really get respected that way by other people in this world. And uh, by golly, masturbation is a way to respect yourself. Yeah. On one of our most popular blogs that we have at Self-Serve is a yes, no, maybe checklist. We have a we have a collection of a lot of different yes, no, maybe checklists, like one from Autostraddle and one from Scarletine, just a bunch of, of different ones. And I think the reason why that's so popular is people are looking for that. They're looking for menus. They're looking for options. They're looking for mm-hmm. other avenues to go through, you know. And and a lot of that stuff is related to masturbation, but it's it, I think it goes back to that, like, how do I figure out what turns me on? How do I 
I figure out what works for me? You know, what would feel good right now? And a lot of folks are just so hungry for that, you know. Um, and so, so um, what for each of you, uh, what do you want? What do you want to learn about masturbation? What do you what are you still looking for the looking for answers around? Or who, who, are you, who are you looking to for answers? Oh, I can answer that. Um, I want to out myself as being almost 60 years old uh, and postmenopause. And so I want to learn what masturbation in my postmenopausal later years is like and how it's similar and how it's different. And I fully expect it to morph um, in the way that I experience it because it's begun to do that already. Mm-hmm. So that's mine. I'm like, it's a lifelong journey. Let's let's take this leg of it now. And I feel like the boomers are really doing that. Like the sexual, like y'all gave us the sexual mm-hmm. revolution, and now the conversation around sex and aging is opening up in this huge way because because the same people who gave us the sexual revolution are having another sexual revolution, and it's around aging. Yeah, that's so cool. Um. Becky, what do you want? Oh, um, let's see. I want to learn more about like maybe a masturbation curriculum for youth um, and more resources for them where they can go and not feel ashamed or bad about themselves for touching themselves and like figuring out what they like, what they don't like. Um, because, you know, we have we get a lot of questions about where they can go to get sex toys, um, especially if there are two people with vulvas and maybe they want to play with a dildo or something and masturbate with that. Or, you know, it's it's hard because if you're not over the age of 18, there's pretty much nowhere for you to go. Uh, I wow. mean, I'm assuming maybe they would try online. Yeah, it's a little complicated. We cannot officially sell anything to anyone under 18. Um, and then that puts that puts them in a really precarious situation, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Carol, you've been selling sex toys to people for um, since the 90s. Like, do you, what what do you think for for that answer of where would what what, what well, do you tell I, people? Under- I think I think access um, to actual products for youth is really dicey, and mm-hmm. of course, things yeah. are things like there are things like. Um, lubricant that would be especially important mm-hmm. um, maybe for younger people to have access to that it, it thank goodness there are at least some versions that you can get um, in drug stores and things like that yeah. and um, I want to I want to tell all the people of all the ages listening to this that um, the ordinary household stuff like Jerome mentioned Vaseline something so many especially young boys start out with mm-hmm. and um, you know the, the the makeup remover oil and all the baby oil all the things the lotion all those things are um, oil based and that's not good but they're 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 mineral oil based which is what's really not good the, mm-hmm. the vegetable oil based stuff um, is far healthier for the body, but the mineral oil based stuff, just don't use it. Find something else, like like a kitchen oil or something like that, if you're going to do um, insert, insertive play or stroking play that you need lubricant for. The other thing that I would say is that um, there are, um, I think it was somebody from um, um, Gay Men's SM Advocates in New York long, long ago who came up with the term pervertible. I love that. Um, which is, of course, not a term that we would put in our curriculum to teach youth, probably. That's a, that's a little cheeky. Uh, it's not exactly, you know, sort of medically, scientifically, whatever. But a pervertible is a household or ordinary non-sex toy-related object 
that could be used in such a fashion. And if you think in those terms, you have to think about, is it safe to use? Um, if it's going to be injured anally, does it have something to prevent it from going all the way inside so you can't get it out? Mm -hmm. Is it rough or scratchy, in which case it's dangerous? Is it breakable, in which case it's dangerous? Um, you know, if it's a vegetable, will it break off inside, in which case that's not good either? Um, you know, you don't want to go to the emergency room at any age and say, I sat down on the zucchini because it was sitting on the sofa, pointed up between the couch cushions. And that like, is... They, they look at you at the emergency room and they go... Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, one of my partners is an ER nurse and this legit happens all the time. If you talk to anybody who works in an ER, this is like, yep, uh, three army guys, three plastic army guys ended up in someone's butt today because yeah. they, they slipped when they came out of the shower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And bounced three times. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, and, and also the overarching the overarching thing I would say is you have a right to explore your body. There are lots and lots and lots of wonderful things that you can do even if you can't get access yet to sex toys. And please don't let access stop you from embracing what you can do and do have access to. Because it can be like if somebody thinks that it's only real if you can get a dildo and insert it then, no, it's not only real, it's that's one of the things you want to do and you really want to, but there's lots of other things that are just as real, that are pleasurable. Um, don't just ignore them um, because you think you don't have access to what you really want. There's there's so many steps along the path. Yeah, there's also um, the, the website <laughs> Scarletine uh, is really incredible, and, and that's where I would go for, you know, where you can say, like, this is appropriate. It's age appropriate. It's under 18, but that they have pages and pages and pages of answers, too, that are. And they are pleasure inclusive, yeah. which not all sex ed information websites mm, for youth yeah. are. Some are some are a little better than. So we they scared you at school and now we're going to just scare you again, just in case you weren't paying any attention over there. And Scarletine is the opposite of that. They're so inclusive. They're so wonderful. Full disclosure, my nonprofit Center for Sex and Culture is their fiscal sponsor oh, so that they can take donations. And we're so proud to be able to help them. Um, and then, Jerome, what do you want to learn about masturbation? Well, um, before I get into that, I actually just wanted to add oh, a pervertible when it comes to lube. Great. You actually have a, a couple. It's probably one of the easiest things to do. Like we mentioned, coconut oil. You mm -hmm. can find that at any grocery store. Um, it can be a little on the expensive side, but it's completely innocuous. If you are trying to do stuff anally, Crisco makes a great option, but it's very, very thick. Uh, so it's probably not a great option for uh, vagina vulva havers. Um, and then also... You can always buy any uh, all-natural moisturizer, like the Butters Moisturizer, that's mm -hmm. unscented, and it will work perfectly fine. Uh, just make sure it doesn't have anything like alcohol or uh, mm -hmm. anything that's not supposed to go inside you, and you will be perfectly safe. And for folks who, you know, have youth in their lives, you know, um, I, I, I think it's really important to always let them know that at, at drugstores, you know, there there is no age limit on people mm -hmm. buying condoms. There's no mm -hmm. age limit on people buying lubricants. And so while while a fine, high-quality sex shop might not be able to help you because of the politics involved, um, that, that 
because things are getting better and better and better in terms of accessibility, uh, that you really can just walk into CVS or Walgreens um, and buy condoms and lube, and nobody nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's not a big part of their day. They, you know, if anything, they'll be like, "Good for you." Um, and that I think that I get a lot of youth who who don't use safer sex you know, protocols because they're, they're, they think they can't buy them. Um, and so it's just useful to mention, like, they don't care. There's no age limit. Like, you can you can walk in and, and get what you need, and it's not going to be a problem. Um, and if Planned Parenthood is accessible, that would be a place for youth to be able to probably access these materials. Some county health mm-hmm. organizations, health. Um, mm-hmm. student yeah. health organizations on campuses. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's a lot of places where they can go and get condoms and lube. Um, I had a parent come last week and was like, oh my God, I found three lubricant packets in my daughter's uh, trash can. And she's like an eighth grader. <laughs> and she was like, I don't know what to do. And she was like, I don't think she's having sex. And I was like, I don't think she, I don't, you know, if she's not having sex or having people over, then, you know, she's probably just masturbating, self-pleasure. Like eighth graders yeah. using lube. That is the future. Uh-huh. That is, I wish, yeah. I wish I'd known about that in eighth grade. That is, that's hopeful. that's the most hopeful thing i've heard in a while (laughs) she's like i saw the loop packet it had planned parenthood on it so that's why she calls us and i was like oh thanks yeah yeah um and jerome is there anything you you want to learn about masturbation that you're working on i actually i'm really really interested these days in what other people are doing Mm -hmm. i'm 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 sort of interested in getting like the full story of what the the kind of sex that we actually have um, we spend a lot of time learning about the sex that we think ideally and, you know, the most uh, perfect scenarios, and we have to do it in very pristine ways and talk about it in very pristine ways. But when it comes to, like, real life, things are kind of messy and they're shaky and they're, you know, weird, and sometimes you fall asleep and sometimes <laughs> you fall over and sometimes you grab the wrong bottle and things stick a little too well. <laughs> but there are lots of things that actually happen when it comes to masturbation in real life and how we accomplish self-pleasure that I, I'm just really, really interested in, in, in talking to people and finding out what do you do, how do you do it, and why do you do it this way? How do you, you learn to do this? And, how, and what does it do for you? How does it make you feel? I really want to get in, in touch with that and sort of maybe uh, uh, record it in some way for posterity. Oh, I can't wait to Great. see those. <laughs> Bicycle seats. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people put a mini vibe in their bicycle seat, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Or oh, yeah. um or the Evie, you know, it's a uh it's a pelvic floor exerciser. Um really awesome. It's designed by the people who did the Oneros, and we had a staffer who rode her bike wearing the Evie and thought that that was a very very good day. Um, so I think that's that pretty wonderful cool too. Yeah, yeah. As long as she remembers to stop at stop sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't recommend. I know, I know. For liability issues, we'll say uh, make sure you're riding around a track um, yeah. with a helmet. With a helmet, you know. Always, you know, be safe. You know. Um, and then for everybody, um, what are you working on that you want our listeners to know about? Like, what are the big projects, or you know, how can we how can we support your work? 
Well, I recently what? finished a book, um, and another one is in the works with my partner. So those are the things that I, are most up for me right now. Um, the Sex and Pleasure book, mm-hmm. The Vibrations Guide to Great Sex for Everyone, is the, the one that I finished. I wrote it with my wonderful colleague, Char Ridnour. And uh, Robert Lawrence, my partner, and Dina Farah, my other partner, and I are working on Robert's magnum opus about sexual neurology, which has so much relevance to what we've been talking about, because if the nerves don't send signals that your body is interested and turned on, then you don't have as much fun masturbating. So um, <clears throat> it's going to be a really, it's going to be a really exciting addition, I think, to um, the, the volumes that we have to help us understand all this diversity. Yeah. Yeah. When is, when is that, the, when is the book that is done? When is that coming out? The um, the the sex and pleasure book is already out, and we're not exactly sure because we're we're still in the what are we doing here? Let's uh, let's put everything mm-hmm. together stages. But I can say that Robert and I are going to be um, at Catalyst Con in the fall in the LA area, and we'll be doing a, a pre con workshop about it. And our goal is to have a a little um, chat book for educators uh, with some of this material as a handout at that time. So it's first variant. Uh, the deadline is, you know. Great. And if people want to want to follow then, you, so in September. if people want to, you know, follow you online or be your biggest fan, how, how can they, how can they I've, support your I've work? Got a, I've got a page um, on Facebook under Carol Queen. Um, I'm Carol Queen on Twitter. Uh, people can, can see me pop up on the blog at Good Vibrations. Um, events that I do often get uh, on the Center for Sex and Culture website, sexandculture.org, and my own personal website is carolqueen.com. Great, great. Who's next? I was just going to say, you can get me get the butters.com. Uh, you can also visit Self Serve uh, and get the lube there. Uh, but I'm also working on a new show called Lower Expectations, which is a, a podcast and a video show. Uh, merging all three of my previous uh, podcasts into one. That's a, a more holistic view of like living life happily. Uh, you can get that at ltasex.com. And and what was that? Lt. Ltasex. Ltasex.com. Cool. And and drum drums Nichols, If people want to follow you, um, are you on are you on the Twitter? I'm on the Twitter. I'm on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, all of which is uh, Jerome Stewart Nichols. To make it really simple. Great. <laughs> Um, well, I guess my next big project is a festival that I'm throwing in Windrock, Arizona, which is the capital of the Navajo Nation. Um, it's going to be a festival revolved around um, self-identified women, grandmas, aunts, cousins, and then LGBTQ plus folks. Um, and it's under the slogan, Honor the Matriarch. Um, I, it would be awesome to have more um, awesome sexual uh health education out to a lot of like older folks out on the um on the res because I feel like you know sexuality is something that's hasn't been explored as much and you know I want women to know that you know hey you self-pleasuring yourself is awesome and it makes you feel good and it's okay you know it's okay for you to feel like this that's amazing. Hit us up for a donation from yeah. self-serve. It's on June 17th at Winderock, Arizona at the eh info shop. Great. And then um, if people want to follow you? Uh, I have a Facebook, um, Rebecca Jones. Great. And and maybe she's also a rock star in town. Yeah. If you're, I don't know. I'm in a band called Weed Rat, too, and a band called Litter Brain. 
and a band called Najoni Girls and a band called Cat Teeth. (laughs) 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 So, so I just, I just can't thank y'all enough for coming together. Um, Literally, I mean, or figuratively or however we came today um, for this first, this first episode of Show and Tell Sex. Um, What I really wanted to learn about was, was, you know, learn from the people who I respect most in town and and nationally. Um, And so, so thank y'all for making my dreams come true. Um, and I'm just so excited to see where we go next with this show. So thank you. Thank you, you, Maddie. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, you, Maddie. For for checking in. Um, And for our listeners, our next episode is going to be all about kink. So you can give us Mm -hmm. a call on our info line. And and we will uh, catch you on the flip side. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye. It was nice meeting you all. Bye. Bye. Likewise. Happy Masturbation Month. So... In terms of masturbation, I think I want to share that uh, I didn't have my first orgasm until I got my first vibrator. And I was 19 years old. I had had sex with partners. I had, you know, I'd, I'd like masturbated. I'd done stuff that felt good. I, I hung out with my hot, my parents' hot tub jets, <laughs> you know, um, taught the neighbor kids about that one, too sex educator from a very early age, but I had never really had an orgasm. And I was in a human sexuality class at Orange Coast College. It's a community college in Southern California. Um, I was 19 years old. And this woman came in who owned a sex store and she held up like this terrible sex toy too. It was like called the Waskily Wabbit. It was a toxin filled jelly rubber, you know, loud, intense thing. Um, and said, every woman needs to have this. Um, and that's not how I do sex ed. That's not how uh, the people in my life do sex ed. But it was sort of exactly what I needed when I was 19. Um, so I went into her store. I bought that sex toy. And very shortly thereafter, I had my first orgasm. And it was amazing because I think that I had been like a lot of people uh, really touch hungry and and reaching to others to take care of myself. That maybe if other people touched me, I I could feel pleasure. And this was the first time in my life that I'd like given myself an orgasm and I'd given myself pleasure and I'd given myself permission to love myself. And it just changed my life. And I then became the friend that a lot of people went to sex stores with. You know, I would I would go with my friends and it was, you know, I went with my friends to to get abortions. I went with my friends to buy sex toys. I went with my friends to come out to their parents. Like I just became the friend that people went to to talk about sex because I was just like the biggest cheerleader in the world for vibrators. And um, I also went to a school in Southern California that was uh, a high school in Southern California that was anti-sex ed. And so like my mom and I went out and passed out condoms when I was like 17. Um, so I was always very open about sex, but it wasn't until I had my first vibrator that I had my first orgasm. And I think that that's a big part of why the store is named Self-Serve. I really believe that our primary sexual relationship is with ourself and that taking care of ourselves is a revolutionary act. And, um, So I'm really excited that this first episode is about masturbation because 
much of the time when people come into the store, they, they're sort of apologetic about masturbation, you know, like they feel embarrassed. They, you know, it's like something to like get the job done, you know, or something that at the end of the night they're, you know, they, they just need, you know, um, and very few people treat partner sex like that, you know. And so I'm really excited that this first episode is about masturbation and about like letting go of the shame around masturbation because our bodies are beautiful and they're our own and they are capable of incredible pleasure. Um, and without a vibrator, I don't think I'd be here. On our next episode, co-host Hunter Riley will talk to two kinksters about the history of BDSM and their love of teaching and always learning more about kink. You talk yourself into things when you like, oh, I can't do this because. And I, I did a lot of that in the beginning of my kink career. There's different ways to enjoy being tied up and or suspended. Subscribe to hear that and more from Show and Tell Sex. We love and appreciate your feedback on our show. Email us at info at selfservetoys.com to send your feedback via email, or you can call us at 505-585-5538 to leave us an audio comment. Make sure to find us on social media sites to stay up to date with what we're doing. We have Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and you can find us at Self Serve Toys. You can also leave a comment there, and we'll share it if you like, and you can get your voice and your perspectives heard on our show. We also want to give a huge shout-out to our music, which was created by The Lazarus Letcher. Hope to see you next time. <laughs>